glory to the name of the Most High God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to read this prayer as our opening prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we turn for a little while at the threshold of this new day to be with thee. Refresh us with a new vision of thy face. Speak to us thy will that we may do it. Make all the day cheerful by the presence and fellowship. We thank thee for life and work and such a beautiful world. Give us, we beseech thee, that due sense of all thy mercy, that our hearts may be thankful and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. Perfect us in love, that we may conquer all selfishness and learn how to pardon as we pray for forgiveness. May our home life be sanctified today and all the days by the presence of the divine guests. As we go out among men to do our work touching the hands and lives of our fellows, make us friends of all, true representatives of thine. Belast our activities for the day with high purposes. Show us how to fill it with enriching service, that night may bring a peaceful pillow. Bless the home life of our nation and all the nations. Let every palace, mansion, and cottage in the whole earth become the house of God and the gate of heaven. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be those things you want me to say. Open up the hearts and minds of your children to see deeper than they've ever seen before, to hear a manifest word that would bring them out of their closed places, their places of fear, doubt, lack of understanding, lack of faith, not accepting things, but thinking that their way is right and yet nothing has changed in a positive way to bring them in the fullness of life or closer to you. God, it is time for a change. I hear you speaking from heaven that we must open up, receive, and act on what we hear. Now is the time. It can't get any later. We must pass this test right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray that supernatural revelation will open up the hearts and souls of your people today, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're in a season that's supposed to exemplify love and peace. The first advent, when we're celebrating uh, with the coming of Jesus Christ, well, he's here. So, and remembrance of that time, this should be exemplifying love and peace. Now, I don't know if you pay any attention, but when you go out shopping during this season, if you notice how warm people are, how friendly they are, because it's in the air from the Holy Spirit, but the enemy wants to counterfeit it 
and destroy the works of it by causing so many traumas and, and catastrophes that will cause a person to become depressed and overpowered by the negative forces and not be able to celebrate in remembrance of what's been done. What's been done, we have been given a savior who came to save us. We are saved by the grace of God. He allowed us to be saved. There's so many people who are not saved. So many people you know who are not saved that's in your family, uh, that are friends or whatever. But you are saved. And that saved means more than, than just that you're going to go to heaven. But because if you don't get it right on here, even though you said those words, you ain't going to make it. That saved means that we can have victory on earth. And the greatest victory that we can have is to have inward peace and inward joy because why? I'm trusting on the word of God. In spite of, I'm trusting on the word of God. You need to start asking yourself with some of the dilemmas that we're facing, what is it that you would have me to know? What do you want me to do in the natural or in the spiritual or in both? What is it that I need to be doing to make a difference? Stop leaning, depending on people, and I mean scientific people, medical people, political people, and the news people and all that. Stop depending on what they're going to say and seek the great physician, the one who the government is on his shoulder. Seek him first and then let him direct your path to the natural forces. Cast your cares on the Lord. How to lower your anxiety level. Glory. When we're stressed, the surge of negative emotions can be overwhelming and unless you are unburden your soul before God it's easy to make wrong decisions succumb to wrong impulses move in the wrong direction and explode at the wrong people the psalmist addresses this cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you the intent to which you consciously lean on God drawing strength from him is the intent to which you will lower your anxiety level. It's no coincidence that many of the songs started with David crying out to God for help and end with him rejoicing because he vented the frustrations to the right person. God. The truth is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Your job, your finances, your marriage, your children, your health, and your future are, are, uh, are all sources of anxiety. So you will never be totally free from anguish, but you can lower your anxiety level by following Paul's advice. All praise to, to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel, he comes alongside us when we go through hard times and before you know it he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times too so we can be there for that person just as God was there for us we have plenty of hard times but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort we get a full measure of that too which will overpower the hard times try it 
and you will see that this word is true. To quote a well-known pastor, the more you pray, the less you panic. The more you worship, the less you worry. It is a fact, amen. The reason why we suffer so long is because we're really feeling sorry for ourselves and we want pity. We don't want to be free. What did he tell that man? Do you really want to be made whole? God would help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. How to lower your anxiety level. When you're anxious about the future, stop and remind yourself that two of God's names are Alpha and Omega. Oh, when I read that, I'm like, hallelujah, Jesus, praise the Lord, who is the beginning and the end. Where are you going? God already is. Where are you going? God already is. <laughs> that great. <laughs> Jesus said, the sheep hear my voice. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. How do sheep get to know the shepherd's voice? By spending time with him. Now, when you say spending time with him, and that does not mean that you're just sitting there quiet thinking, thinking about all your miseries. <laughs> okay. Or what somebody else has done and why don't they do this and when they're going to change, Lord. That is not the kind of quality time. Spending time with him, with him is thinking about his goodness, his grace, his kindness, and thanking him for it. God can direct you each time you reach a breaking point. It's a test. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the prophetic word. We're in a testing time. Are you going to pass it? <laughs> you, will, you will either quit or preserve through to victory. Lone distance runners use the expression hitting the wall. When they're exhausted and feel like giving up, they know if they push through the pain, they will get their second win and it will carry them over to, fin to, to the finish line. Are you taking on responsibilities that aren't yours? Learn to establish healthy boundaries for your own sake and the sake of those who depend on you. And if you're not sure what's appropriate, ask God to show you how much to get involved in the lives of your friends and family. If the burden isn't yours, set it down. If it's too heavy, give it to God because his shoulder is built for it. Stand on his promise. He has never let you down. Never look the other way when you were being kicked around. He has never wandered off to do his own thing. <laughs> he has been right there. Bottom line, the more you trust God, the more you lower your anxiety level. Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Okay, we're in 2 Timothy um, chapter 1. And um, this is part 2 of keep on keeping on. And we're doing verses uh, uh, 11 through 18. And in this, this is a continuation of Paul's exhortation to Timothy. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the scripture reads as, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believe, 
and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. You see how the devotionals have fit right into our message for today? Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest that all they, they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Nisiphorus, for he oft, oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Okay, so um, going back to verse 11, where um, Paul uses a personal pronoun, I, a lot. And that is to indicate his desire for Timothy to learn from Paul's life, to do as Paul did and not just what he instructed. Because that's what the word says, that you want to become a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Amen? But when he says appointed as a preacher, apostle, and a teacher, appointed as, as a preacher, that means to preach the, the gospel, the good news, which is the cross, the blood of Jesus. He was uh, appointed as an um, apostle, and that was by the grace of God. And so he also is appointed to extend grace to those who are above, under him. And as a teacher, but he says as a teacher of the Gentiles, well, we know he was not just a teacher of the Gentile, but that was the major uh, uh, point of command that was given to him to teach the Gentiles. So that was his major assignment was to teach the Gentiles for the purpose of their salvation and coming into the knowledge of the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, um, they came without any knowledge or in information, whereas the Jews had these laws and, and, and ways that they had been following all of their days. So that was, I'm sure, a very, very hard thing to do. You think a, a novice, a person who don't know anything, is more acceptable to a truth than those who think they got it. Amen? So, um, and, and in verse 12, he says, for, for the which cause I also suffered, Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Well, why would he say that? It was because some of those Asian Gentiles were now ashamed of Paul because Paul is in prison and being persecuted and, and, and tortured, and now they're ashamed of him. So he says, I'm not ashamed because uh, I've come in, in, in a faith. And, and, and in this faith, I come with the knowledge to establish the church and to accomplish God's purpose for it in spite of all opposition because my faith is in the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and, and his obedience 
then will bring an expected end. And what is that expected end? To live in eternity with the Father. <laughs> Amen. So we don't do it to be glorified or for any other reason, but that you are convicted by your faith in Jesus Christ and to establish that. And he's on a mission to establish that with people who don't know the Lord. That's the same mission that we all have been given. Doesn't matter if you have a title or what your title is, that is the mission that we are to do for everyone else. We do not go along with sinful behavior, with ignorance of people uh, for the sake of getting along. God, that's not, that's not godly love. And that, those are not his intention. We tend to think that uh, well, God won. I'll just get along. You don't follow Rodney King. You follow the king. <laughs> and he says, if they're not accepting it, shake the dust off your feet. That's what he says. And some things are better learned when you take a hard, harder course with people and stop pampering them demons inside of them. Because the more you pamper them, this allowing them to grow up in them. Do you understand that? And if you love a person, you don't want to see them being controlled by an unclean spirit. And they sitting up talking stupid conversation and being rude and crude and socially unaccepted. That is not pleasing unto the Lord. Because he is concerned about every aspect of our life, not just your visit to church. Because, see, we think... We have a spiritual life and a natural life. So your spiritual life is when you enter the doors of buildings called churches. You are a spirit having human experiences. So your spirit life is 24-7. You don't come into spirituality as a believer. You are to walk in it. Verse 13, he says, hold fast the form of sound words. What he's telling, telling Timothy in verses, both of these, 13 and 14, because 14 says, the good thing which was committed unto to thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. So what is he telling him? Hold on to the word. Hold on to the word. That is the sound thing, okay? For it is sound. Powerful, it is truth, life, right, healthy, whole, a treasure. It's all of those things, and it is ex only exposed by the Holy Ghost, okay? And not by man's power nor man's intelligence. You don't receive the things that is beyond your human capabilities, especially when we come to Christ, we are bound by demons. I don't care how wonderful you think you are or people have said you are. You are bound by demons when you come to the Lord. And the only way that they come up out of you is not because you say, Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sin. It comes out because you say, deliver me, Lord. And the Holy Ghost comes in and begins to deliver you, but he can only deliver you one at a time.
Not all at one, we would die. Not all at one time. And so you have to stay surrendered and submitted to the power of the Holy Ghost by constantly saying, examine my heart. Reveal to me how you see it so that I can cry out for my change and for my deliverance. And so the Holy Ghost will expose those things to us. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit because he will teach you and keep you in the way, the only way, the true way when you hear it. There's power in these words. This life, it comes alive and it does not have an age bearing. 14, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which was dwelled in us. So he's talking about the word, but it's dwelled in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to depend on the Holy Spirit. Now, the, another meaning for dwell is abide, which he tells us in John 15. So he abides in us, and he remains in us, and he stays in us. He don't come and go when you've had an infilling, okay? Now, we can quench his presence. We can reject his presence, and we can disobey the unction that we're feeling. We can grieve him with our disobedience, and we can resist him. Now, I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures of, um, to talk about this. Uh, grieve. Let's go over to Ephesians 4. And uh, verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. But let's read 29 to see why did he say this. Let no corrupt communication perceive out of your mouth. What's corrupt communication? It's not only profanity and, 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 and vile, but it's negative words. It's doubt, fearful words, even in joking. You don't joke over dumb stuff, okay? He says, but that which is good to the use of edify. So whatever you're saying, if it's not lifting a person up, it's not encouraging, even though you're joking, stop it. It has no good purpose. It serves no good purpose. It's helping to destroy and bring the person down. He says, to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, which your vile, empty, dumb conversation. <laughs> okay? Because he says, where you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Okay? Now, Acts 7, 51, where we can resist him, says, You stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Whoa. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so did you. He, they're talking about your father, the demon, the devil, and anyone that followed him and didn't follow after Christ. Okay? Stiff neck. Everything has got to be proven to you before you receive it. The things of the Lord don't have to be proven. By faith, you receive it. And when you receive it by faith, then they are proven. 
because your faith puts it to work. If you don't have any faith, you're never, it's never going to be proven in your sight because it's what we believe and act on is manifested. And if you're not believing and acting, there's nothing going to be manifested. Amen. Your heart is uncircumcised. And I think of people who did the confession of faith, but are not being discipled in faith. So therefore, your heart and your ears are uncircumcised. I mean, they haven't been changed. They're still acting the way you did before you spoke the words, I receive you, Lord, as my, as my Savior. You have got to let your heart and your ears be circumcised. How do we do this? By the reading of the word. By the reading of the word. Don't take this lightly. You don't get enough in class and in service. You don't get enough. You need to be at home opening up your word. Listen, he says, by renewing your mind daily that you're being transformed. That's in Romans 8. Okay, so then you can't be transformed only on a Wednesday and a Sabbath for a few hours. You hear enough to elevate your faith and put feet to it. Then you go home and you meditate and you grow. All right, the last one to support the quenching. We go to Matthew 12, but 31 and 32 says, um, Wherefore I say unto you, and we all know this is Jesus speaking, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. That's the only unforgiven sin. Every other sin can be forgiven. But when you blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, that will never be forgiven. That means you are rejecting and don't accept the Holy Spirit. Why? Because if you don't accept the Holy Spirit and you reject it, it's the same as rejecting the Father. The Holy Spirit is the breath of our Father. It, it, it is not another individual it is the third personality of the Father, okay? He says, and whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be, be forgiven. So, you know, like when people use profanity with the, Jesus' name in it, that can be forgiven if you ask for forgiveness. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, that's the power that brings change and can fix us, rearrange us, and you resist it, shall not be forgiven, neither in this world or the one to come. Y'all hear that? You see the importance of having the Holy Spirit? He is always available and constantly present. We think, well, when the Holy Spirit come upon me, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do a service. The Holy Spirit lives in you for you to live right and to reveal things to you that the Father wants you to know to help build your character to be more like Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He only comes upon to equip equip you to do what you need to do for ministry but he lives in when you invite him in in order for you to live like Christ okay let's go back over to Timothy so he begins to talk about how 
Paul is beginning to talk about in verses of 15 on about how some are embarrassed uh, uh, and ashamed because of hit. They got a lot of nerve. He's the one in prison being inflicted with all kinds of stuff, and they're, they're embarrassed by all of that. And so uh, they begin to follow uh, these two main characters who were, in, were ashamed of him, and that was uh, Figillus and Her Hermogenes, okay, who were Asians who got converted, Gentile, Gentile Asians who got converted, but it's, it, they were impressed with the person of Paul, but not with the message of Paul. That's why they became ashamed and, 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 and left the faith. You don't follow the person, you follow the message. And, 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 when, and people who gets, get upset, let me tell you, when the true gospel is going forth and a true message from the word is going forth and people get upset and leave because of personality problems, let me read to you what, it, what John has to say about this. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, 1 John 2. Verses 18 and 19. Little children, <laughs> it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is in the last time. Now what he's saying is that the, the Antichrist is going to show up after the rapture. After the rapture is the main one who's coming to deceive people. But until that time, there are many antichrists on the earth right now. Okay? So the main one that's coming will be after we're all raptured up with Jesus Christ. That's going to bring complete destruction to the earth. Okay? So he's, he's saying that don't be deceived in the meantime with false teaching and false beliefs. He says, 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Those who left because of various reasons, uh, because they believed what somebody else hyped up and said, or they were offended because of truth. You see, let me tell you, the thing that makes you the most angry and hard to deal with when somebody is bringing a truth to you of conviction and you don't want to hear it. If, let me tell you, if it's a lie and it doesn't apply, you'd be like, oh, please. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, oh, they got a problem or something. But when it's a truth, you get angry and you want to strike out and you want to say all kinds of things. Who do you think is behind that action and that attitude? Satan. Only Satan. You know God isn't behind it. Because God tells you how to handle things to dismantle folks. Okay? So he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out. 
that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Ah, you hear that? <clears throat> See, true church, true conversion don't go over every little thing that comes up. Okay? You, you, uh -uh. Cause see, what truly belongs to the Lord, I think is in Hebrews where we read it, it says, cannot be taken out of his hand. So when you go, you're not going because of whatever you think it is, because you weren't part of us in the first place. When I say us, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the reconciled church. Well, y'all start trying to figure out who I'm talking about because I don't have nobody special in mind. There's a whole bunch of Cushites. And, and, and those kinds of people, let me tell you, those are the hardest people to save because they are convinced by what they chose to believe and they really think that they're hearing from a higher force, which is our Father. They are hearing from another higher force but it is not our Father who art in heaven. It's an unclean spirit, in the, which is an antichrist spirit, because he does not want us to be in right standing that will glorify the name of Jesus Christ by our lives. When we don't live according to how his word says, we are not glorifying Jesus Christ by our lives. And let me tell you, the people... Uh, I'm not going to call any names because y'all would know him, but somebody that's, that um, was, was very close to us showed up to do something as a favor in the house. And I hadn't seen him in a while, so he's talking some off-the-wall stuff. This is my phrase. It was against the things of truth and knowledge, and I checked it, and he wanted to defend it. Oh, I believe, but it kept saying that same stupid stuff. I'm like, oh, he is so deceived. If you believe, why do you keep saying an opposition to what you say you believe? You see how Satan can make you be so ignorant and you're, and you're actually educated and intelligent? But he'll, because he is the spirit of ignorance and darkness. And I said, no, 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 you do not believe. If you believe, stop saying that. Well, needless to say, he was supposed to come back to finish what he was doing. <laughs> we hadn't heard from that Kushite. Why? Because he was convicted, and he does not want to come into that presence again. Because, see, the enemy wants to keep him away because he doesn't want him to be free. He wants him to continue to walk in that same ignorance until death do him part. Now, He's more of a friend than my husband, and he is of mine. And I said, call him. See, because I will call him and check, come on, invite him over for dinner, anything, to just to get his behind back in that door so we can minister life to him before he leaves this earth. People who are operating, do you love them enough to save their souls, or is it your friendship more important? What do I care about a friendship? Because that friendship is going to end if one of us go before. You understand what I'm saying? And it is totally ended because you're going to be in one place and I'm going to be in another. 
But if I take a chance on breaking that friendship here, then we both are going to soar eternally in heaven later on. Are y'all with me? It's more important about where your soul is going to spend eternity than our little friendship that's only for this earth realm in the first place. And if it's not right, it didn't do us any service on the earth realm. Onesphorus, I guess I'm pronouncing his name right, he's, he's, he's giving uh, grace and praise to because he was one of those Gentiles who did not change. He stayed committed because he was truly converted. He stayed faithful, committed, consistent, and unashamed of the gospel of Paul. So he also was a true friend to Paul when all the other Gentile converts left him. He stayed, and he not only stayed, but he did what he could for him, and he visited him in, in prison. So he was also courageous and loyal. It takes courage to be loyal when you to somebody who stands out and you know the chances of them being persecuted. And, but you're going to stand with them in spite of. Amen. But the reward is far greater and lasting than any reward that we will experience here on earth. This is a temporary place. And, and we need to be trying to get the basic training down good so we can spend eternity with the Lord. Amen. I'm going to do the benediction now. And um, my father, I just thank you. God, I thank you for your word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is powerful, transforming. God, it is the crutch that we need to hold on because in it we discovered the I am. And you are everything we need when we need it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that there was something said or spoken that would quicken our spirits and bring a change and cause us to elevate in our faith and our trust in you and never be the same again. Let this be the new beginning of a new era in our lives, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence, for your faithfulness, for being just. And God, we give it all to you, all to you. We surrender all our ways to you. So have your way with us. And God, I thank you for your children and for traveling mercies as they leave this place to go to their next destination. Give them wisdom, divine intervention, and divine protection. But lead them and guide them in a path that will lead them to victory physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In Jesus' name. And when you leave here, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen.